Welcome back, y'all. This is a special edition episode. We ain't we ain't planned this one, but some things some things popped off over the <laughs> some things popped off over the last couple of days um, that we felt like were kind of in tune with what we spoke about on episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to dive right in. But before you listen to the Change of Phases podcast, I am your host Aaron. My co-host Nikki and Steven out here chopping this thing up, putting it together for us. So shout out to y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in again. Um, but we're going to talk about it all. We're actually going to talk about a little bit of Will, a little bit of Jill. And we're going to talk about green flags instead of red flags. We're going to flip it on you. Mm-hmm. And we're going to dive into the blueprint of a relationship and kind of where you see things going. So we're going to tackle a little bit of everything. Um tackling on a Sunday. <laughs> on a Sunday, um, but just to kick things off, I mean, everybody's seen the Red Table Talk. If you haven't seen it, you've been under a rock, or at least you've seen the memes or you've seen clips. But yeah. I'm going to throw it to you first, Nikki. What were your thoughts about the, the situation in general and mm-hmm. then how it kind of uh, manifests itself into this Red Table Talk? So I feel like the situation... Uh... I feel like Jada murked up the waters a little bit because the, the waters have been mucked. The, the, the waters were a mucked. Um, <laughs> because I say she was a 44 year old woman. He was a 20, a 22 year old boy. Um, and you can say a 22 year old is, is grown, but like you remember being 22, were you grown? Mm. No. Mm. Um, and, and not just a regular 22 year old, like he had been through a whole, whole bunch of stuff. Um, and you know, he came to them as like, I guess, Jaden's friend and like trying to get some healing and some understanding about some things. And I feel like in the moment, she just kind of took advantage of what was in front of her because she had somebody paying her attention. that wasn't Will and they was going through whatever they was going through. So I feel like in a sense, it's like, you know, how sometimes they can say trauma attracts, like mm-hmm. different people's traumas are attracted to each other. And like they both had a parent that was like addicted to crack and you know like abusive and all the above so i think that probably like the inner child of both of them was somewhere sitting together hugging but Mm -hmm. it was an inappropriate relationship nonetheless um that's a a different type of hug yeah it is it's that's a a reach for the handshake (laughs) i agree and i feel like she I don't want to, I feel like she took advantage of him. Like so, a lot of people are calling her predatory, but a lot of people are arguing that she wasn't predatory because he was grown. But I feel like she was predatory more in the sense of like, he was already in a vulnerable state because of all the loss that he had. He has mommy issues. He was on drugs at the time. Well, like he was addicted to painkillers at the time. And mm-hmm. I think he just transferred his addiction from painkillers to his addiction to her. And um, I just think she took advantage of that. I think as far as the red table talk goes, um, I think her and Will made very light of it. Whereas like his whole interview, he was pretty much in shambles and they're over here fist bumping, high-fiving and giggling about it. Um, But I guess that goes to show that like when you are the side piece in a situation, you're literally just that. I think that like when she was messing with August, she knew at the end of the day, she was still going to be Jada Pinkett Smith and she was going back to Will, regardless of wherever they were. 
And um, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, of course, her trying to beat the beat around the bush and call it an entanglement and things like that. I was glad that Will kind of made her admit to what it was. And I feel like all in all, none of this was my business, but because they decided to tell it, I was going to listen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, every relationship is different. That wouldn't work for mine personally, but I mean, I wish them the best. I don't, you know, I don't want no ill will for none of them. I hope Not this doesn't I hope this doesn't trigger uh, August in any type of way, even though we saw he kind of went in on uh, <laughs> Twitter the other night, but on, on Kiki, which also shouldn't have gotten herself involved in the situation. Um, but yeah, that's that's my take on everything. I think for the most part, how you how you feeling about? It? You watched the interview? Yeah, no, I did. I watched the the whole interview. Um, I actually did it through Facebook, so we supporting you know they little they little views <laughs> on on the platform. But um, yeah. I think there's two things. For one, at like the overarching thing to me is like it's really none of our business. But mm-hmm. because to your point since they, they they extended the red table, I felt like I was at the red table. I was just there as like a spectator though. Right. <laughs> I was like, good point, Will, good point. <laughs> I was out here supporting um, Will. Um, but to me, I took a, a little bit of a different stance on it all. I felt like I agree with you in the sense of Jada taking advantage of the situation and taking advantage of August um, because of all his issues, not to mention, I think he went blind or something. Yeah, he lost his sight. Um, so like, and on top of like, I mean, not to just pile on, but he had a lot of things going on. And to your point, it seemed like opportunistic thing for Jada to kind of prey on his emotions and his well-being and kind of take that to her advantage. Uh, but I would say the thing for me that stood out most was just that I like, I know they said it was like four years ago, but something about that timeline to me seemed kind of weird because if you look at Will, my man was still hurt. He was still like going through it. And you could tell like he was still bitter. He was still salty about it. So whether or not they had an open relationship, whether or not they separated, something happened that was, was wrong in the situation. So I don't know if it was like either they separated and then Jada started making moves with August and then it continued for a time being when they got back together. Yeah. I don't I don't know where the 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 where where the yeah the trauma or whatever <laughs> I don't know where the mother the the mothers where the waters <laughs> where the waters originally mucked but I could tell that like something happened and it continued on because if if it was they were separated like I could see Will being salty but like I I would you know couldn't be that mad at it because it's like yo like we were separated just because you separated you still legally are married so. I mean, to just move on with a whole other relationship, like what if that relationship would have worked? Then where where would that have left Will? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think it's a little premature to enter into a whole relationship while you separate. Separated is supposed to be a time where you've, well, listen, how would I know? I ain't never been nobody's married. But I'm just saying, in my mind, let me let me preface with that. In my mind, I feel like when you're separated, it's either figuring out, are we going to be together? Are we going to be apart? But I don't think I would, move forward in my life knowing I'm still attached to somebody else. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. no, I, I agree. Like, I agree with you on that. So what you were saying, I feel like Will seemed hurt because it was public. 
Like, I think that's why his feelings seem hurt about it was because everybody knows now. Like, it's one thing if just like, you know, that it's easy to move past something if only you and the other person know about it. But once it becomes public knowledge and everybody else can have an opinion about it, I feel like that's why he was over there sitting with the Saudi face because now everybody knows that, you know, in a sense, he got cheated on. Right. No, I hear you. And I think that that's the part where I could see him being salty about that. But I do think there, there was something else that we probably don't have privilege to, but so be it. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think Jada did dance around a lot of stuff. Um, even, oh. even though she got the whole, um, you know, entanglement out there and then like, we'll ask her to break it down and be like upfront about everything that was going on. I still think she kind of played this role where it was kind of like she was just using a lot of words that like she wasn't direct about it. And <laughs> in my mind, I'm just like, yo, like we know what it is. You just need to call it what it is instead of trying to dance around it and dress it up. So it's like seems nicer than it is, yeah. um, which just kind of to me goes to kind of, I wouldn't say her character. Like I don't think she's a bad person, but I think she's like manipulating this situation almost similar to how she manipulated August. So I think it's a little it's a little dicey there but the one thing i will say that was a little little different was just like at the end when they were like bad marriage for life and all that stuff that (laughs) to me i was like it was funny to us but in hindsight i'm like that was so terrible it's like where do they go from here i guess they continue to have a bad marriage no i mean what what else where else can you go from there but i think in the in the i'll say in the ripple effect of this situation i feel like it's funny how there's like a big double standard here because it was the woman who got caught up in the monkey water as opposed to the man and i've seen a whole bunch of like really really butthurt men on twitter instagram dog and jada out i'm not saying she was right i'm not defending her by any means like like i said if you separated you still married that's cheating it is a transgression call it what it is like you it wasn't an entanglement it was a relationship that you had outside your marriage sis um but i do think it's interesting because it's like we've heard rumors of will with other women and you know what i'm saying ain't nobody brought him to the red table ain't nobody you know what i'm saying I don't understand why it's such a big deal because it's a woman who cheated versus, and I, I'm not saying like it's a big deal. It's not a big deal, but I don't understand the big to do around it when men cheat every single day. I mean, women do too. Maybe it's cause we don't hear about women as often and folk just want to focus in on something. But I feel like in this situation, it's so funny. Some of the dudes that are talking that I'm like, but brother, I know your business in particular, but I'm a, yeah. I'm a hands up, don't shoot that one. But I'm just saying like so many people have so much to say. And I think it's because she's a woman that there's a, there's a big double standard here that I feel like we need to address. Yeah. Um, this, I mean, to be honest on my side, I didn't really see like the, the, over aggression of men like getting in on Jada and you know whatever for other reason I think the only thing I saw a lot of was just like the Jada comparisons to future and all that stuff so like <laughs> them being the, the king or queen of just 
<laughs> bad <laughs> toxic relationships. <laughs> um, so I think that was like the biggest thing I seen on my end. But to your point, there is, you know, there is a double standard um, when it comes to men and women cheating or stepping outside of their marriage. And I don't know if it was more of a double standard on this side. Like, I'm sure there's dudes that were up in arms and was, you know, talking all that stuff. But I will say that I think in this situation in particular, I think the reason why there's a lot of, you know, outside of the fact of their name and who they are, mm -hmm. um, why it was so polarizing was more so because there were rumors about Will, but there's also rumors about them both having like an open relationship. So like whether or not you agree on that concept, if they had an open relationship, like that might've been it. So, so like, maybe that's what kind of kept those rumors kind of quelled and there wasn't like too much around it. Mm -hmm. But that's where I say there's that, that's there's little mucky waters because I feel like <laughs> we don't know something, there's something missing, whether they had open relationship or not. And whether the will rumors are true, Mm -hmm. or not like we don't know but i feel like this was different and whatever their agreement was whatever they had going on this was different from that so i will say though when it, when he brought up you know i'm gonna get you back and she was so adamant about you already did like she repeated it more than once so she goes you already did you already got me back and I'm over here like, who he get her back with? Like, everyone, and I was, I literally looked up his filmography. I was looking at movies. I ain't gonna put on here who I thought it was. I'll tell you afterwards. But I'm like, first of all, is this what y'all relationship is about? Like, he said it joking, but you know there's a little truth to every joke. And he ain't say it in a, in a jokey, jokey type of way that I'm like, brother, you meant that. Like, it, it, it's, to me, it's, it's not fulfilling for a relationship to be that way it's it's toxic that's that that the, like the whole tit for tat type of thing but it's like people running around here and want to be like uh oh we want to be like will and jada y'all go ahead go right on ahead <laughs> if that is y'all entanglement goals i'm good i don't want no parts of it i will stick with my relationship goals y'all can have y'all entanglements i want no parts just saying just saying. I agree. I mean, definitely, they definitely not goals anymore. <laughs> that just goes to show what, like, um, where we at. Like, people are always looking at celebrities as the, the ideal relationship and the ideal this and that. And it just goes to show everybody got problems, man. Everybody got their own things going on. And at the end of the day, like, mm -mm. can't be idolizing these folks because you don't know what's going on, what they be doing. They just as scandalous as us. Right. <laughs> They're trash. But with that being said, I feel like we can we can move over into the the, the Jill segment oh, of this. Trash. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you you know you saw the tweet better than I did. I remember seeing like the kind of blowback from it so i didn't see the original dude but it was somebody random i'm assuming right and like talk about a little bit what the tweet said what you know was mentioned just got and how did we end up here where we are now with her trending well he's an nfl player he's not a rando well oh <laughs> don't nobody really know who he is no shade but i'll go ahead and shade him um we don't know who he is for real i think he played for the saints did i make that up Nobody cares. Anyway, 
he made uh he made a tweet saying like basically i'm trying to find the tweet real quick so i can i can i don't want to paraphrase because i legit want to let him get his glory in this shade but basically he said something to the effect of like men actually find or what do you say people are attracted to jill scott like question mark and he basically was saying like oh so it he was like and by no means is she ugly but really sexually aroused by her huh question mark and he goes oh i guess like people was responding to him like you crazy and he goes on to say like oh so it's an energy thing got it so um i just felt like excuse me sir who are you first of all and secondly of all it's not a real word secondly but it was a jill scott line in a movie check the references anyway secondly of all um you can't come for jilly first of all like you 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 cannot come for her like that and my thing is even if she's not your cup of tea sir keep it to yourself like i don't understand and the reason why i wanted to discuss it is because i think it's a part of a bigger conversation of we've we've hinted on it before a little bit but like black men and black women like make it make sense if she's not your cup of tea she ain't your cup of tea just keep it to yourself it ain't my business who your type is or whatever and i you know i went straight to the google to see what his girlfriend or interest or who he'd been messing with looked like couldn't find none ironically so anyway i just feel like i feel like especially we've hinted on like being a dark-skinned black woman but i can definitely attest to the being a curvy thick fat black woman however you want to put it and how like this is a conversation that i feel like needs to be had like i always feel like we be getting the shortest end of the stick when it comes to certain things and like for him to be baffled at people being attracted to jill scott and i'm like like what like you know what i'm saying like why what like like let's unpack that and then he issues this like really poor apology about how you know it's 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 bigger things out here going on i shouldn't have mentioned that and you know i shouldn't have come for her looks or anything like that it was a poor poor choice and i'm just feel like you're not sorry at all because you wouldn't have said what you said if you were sorry like i'm so tired of people apologizing for things that they said when they meant it when they said it like you you saw that everybody you saw that you got backlash from it that's what it is so you're apologizing for that and yeah he also deleted the post and i feel like bruh you got to take the Nene Leaks approach. You said what you said, so say it. And it's like, you know, it's a, to me, it's a toxic behavior that black men have. And it also goes into that whole like 50 Cent and uh, Lil Wayne conversation where they was talking about exotics and versus, you know, girls from the hood or whatever. Y'all gonna quit playing black women like we ain't the baddest thing that ever touched this earth, period. I don't care. Who we, I don't, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you done did, none of the above. Ain't nothing on this earth like a black woman, and you cannot argue me any differently about it. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. On to you, Aaron. <laughs> well, uh, I like to start off by saying I'm not here to argue with you. Not, at, least, at least not on this. You can't. You can't. <laughs> not on this one. <laughs> no, I, I definitely uh, agree with you on many of the points, if not all the points you made. I think, great. I don't know. Like I said, I knew nothing about. It. I thought it was just some random dude on Insta- on Twitter, Facebook, whatever it was he posted on. So I had no idea he even played football. He probably barely making teams now. Whatever. So be it. But 
um, regardless of who he is or what's his status in, in life, I still think like, to your point, it's, it's goes back to a couple of different issues. Like, I don't know. I can't speak to what he was trying to say. I don't know if he was speaking more to her being a black woman or if he was speaking more to her being a full figure woman. Um, I don't know like where he was getting that from, but to your point, like if that's your, if you have a specific preference, cool, rock yeah. out, live your, live your truth, bro. Like that's fine, but you don't need to put down somebody else to live your own truth or to have your own preference. Exactly. And we talked about it um, on the episode two, but like, if you have preferences, like I don't, I don't think anything's wrong with having a preference, but to have a preference and to put somebody else down to like justify your preference or uplift your preference, that's where I have my issue with. Because real quick, I was just gonna say I do have an issue with preferences because it depends on the foundation of the preference. Yeah. So I, I, agree. I, I don't think everybody just has preferences. I think sometimes if certain preferences are built from a, you know what I'm saying, like a weak foundation or from a, a negative place, then I don't bang with your, your preferences, honestly. Like, but that's, that's me. Uh, that's just me. No, I agree. I agree. I, I've always been that way too, as far as like when it comes to preferences, I, I should, I should have said that before I went into preferences, but I think, Certain preferences, like, it depends on the preference, I would say. Like, I think when you talk about dating intentionally and stuff like that, I think certain preferences, to your point, again, are fine. But I feel like a lot of them are started, to your point, from a weak foundation. They're coming from, you know, thoughts and things that are wrong, colorism, Mm -hmm. um, racism, all that stuff. So I think that's where the differences here and this clearly came from a a place of you know whether he likes full figure women whether he likes black women who knows but it definitely came from a a hateful place yeah and i think what also bothers me about his statement is that he said like by no means is she ugly but you mean to tell me like people are sexually aroused by her and that's a even that's a whole nother conversation that needs to be had because like I hinted on in part one of this conversation um, about how guys approach me, how it's always with some type of a sexual undertone. And it's like Jill's mission in life and purpose on earth is not to be sexually, you know what I'm saying, sought after by anybody. Mm. So it's like, why does that have to be a component even in the conversation? Like, It's, and I know I, like for me personally, and I know some other like curvy influencers that I am cool with have made statements about this. Like our inbox will be full of guys who would inbox us this type of stuff and try to talk to us behind closed doors, but would not want to be seen with us out in public. And I have no interest in that either. Like if you want to have a quote unquote fetish or whatever it is for like curvier women, because uh, I can't stand the term BBW, but that's a whole other conversation. But it's like, if you want to have a fetish for that, there are people out there that will, will you know what I'm saying, that can adhere to that. But for people who ain't trying to just be your undercover flavor of the month, like, save it. Nobody, nobody cares for that. Nobody wants that. And it's like, for he, I felt like he was trying to shade her because of her size. And as you can see, it very much so did backfire on him. But I mean, it's just, it's a bigger conversation 
to be had. And I mean, I think we should discuss it more on live actually, just so we can get other people's like inputs on it as well. But um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about it. I know it don't have much to do with relationships, but it kind of does because I mean, it can kind of go into some of the other stuff that we're going to be talking about today anyway. Yeah, no, it definitely is an important thing about relationships, especially when it comes to like folks having preferences or having um, their non-negotiables or like, um, you know, things that they're attracted to and all that. It all warps itself into that conversation yeah. um, just, just in a different way. But um, to your point, um, moving along here, um, I know we talked about red flags. We talked about non-negotiables in the last episode. But one thing you wanted to discuss, and I thought it would be interesting to kind of touch on, was green flags. Like, yeah. what? Let's let's talk about some good things because I know we've been throwing a lot of negative <laughs> energy out there, <laughs> a lot of a lot of bad energy out there as far as relationships and um, people with with the entanglements and all that good stuff. But yeah. let's talk about what for you. Let's let's talk about like for you. What's your definition of a green flag, yeah. and then what? are those green flags and like what do they look like or how do they show themselves in some interaction or conversation or relationship building with someone okay so i saw a tweet and it said let's talk relationship green flags and the person who tweeted was her name is tony tone on twitter she's verified so y'all probably know who she is i just don't um it says, uh, my brother sent me a Reddit post about them, and I'd love to ask you guys what you think. We discuss red flags regularly, but what, what would you consider a green flag? For example, green flags signify that the person you're dating is good for you. So what is something that somebody could do that would be good for you? Those are green flags. Mm-hmm. So I think for me green a green flag for me is somebody who sorry somebody who could um the best way i could put it is um reel me in but still let me swim if that makes sense Mm, i like that say that one more time thank you thank you uh reel me in just a little bit but still let me swim Reel me in, but let me swim. Reel me in, but let me swim. I I keep with the quotables, y'all. Um, <laughs> and the reason I say that is because I know I can be all over the place, and I know I can like I I sometimes don't understand my my movements, my you know what I'm saying, like the way that I get down with things. And sometimes it's good to have somebody reel you in to an extent because I don't want you to stifle me. I don't want to feel like I am being held back from anything but i also know like it would be like whoever i'm with it would be a good person to like be like hey have you maybe thought about it this way or could you consider doing something that way but at the same time when they see me on my stride and i'm doing my thing and i'm i'm you know i'm saying i'm going that they support that as well so you still let me swim but if you see me going towards a you know something dangerous or something that maybe doesn't align with what I'm trying to do, just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. So I think that would be one good green flag for me. What about you? Um, to your point, and thank you for that definition, um, I think a green flag for me is someone, I have a couple, but I think the first one is someone that challenges me. So I know I'm not the easiest one to 
um, to, you know, always, like, I'm strong-willed, I'm strong-minded, and a lot of thoughts of mine and how I navigate through life. But I think, for me, someone who challenges me, but I, I do appreciate the, the, the approach on challenging me. I think when, I, when I'm challenged, a lot of times I, I could take it personal, I could be sensitive to whatever that person's saying. And it might be true what they're saying, but I think a lot of times the way you approach it, and if someone could find that medium where they're able to challenge me, but also be able to approach it in a way where it's not like I'm feeling like I'm being attacked. Yeah. So someone that's understanding of like who I am and like thinks about the, like the way they say things or how they deliver things. Um, I think that guy goes to like a green flag of mine where someone's like thoughtful, um, they're sensitive about how they approach something, but they, they're able to deliver it without compromising the message where it's not like, oh, like, I'm sorry, but I wanna let you know, like I, you did this and I don't think it's right. Like you're, you're like, hey, look, to be honest, this is how it made me feel. And I'm not sure what your thoughts were. I'm just assuming that you didn't necessarily process that or see it the way I did, but this is how I took it. And I prefer if you do this. So like something where it's more constructive instead of just attacking or chopping somebody down. Yeah. Um, for me is a green flag. Anytime someone can communicate, I guess that's what the overarching thing. Someone can communicate how they feel and their thoughts and their, their criticisms or challenges uh, in a positive way. Okay. I think another, okay, so what would be a, like, how can I put this? What would be a physical green flag for you? Oh, <laughs> um, for me, I, I like, I like a, a, a more rounded woman. Um, <laughs> I, I like a curvy woman, I guess. Is, no. that, is that, is that what we're talking about? Like rounded. <laughs> Is that a physical green flag? Is that what she was talking Like, correct me if I'm wrong. You out here exposed me, but here we are. Continue. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. I, it was it was the more rounded term. Like, I, I've never heard it put that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, couldn't think of the, I couldn't think of curvy. It couldn't come to me fast enough. But I do like a, a curvier chick. I, I don't know. That's just me, man. Like, I, I'm a huskier dude, so... <laughs> Oh, you are not husky, first of all. Listen, let me let me down this husky hill, okay? What? I am husky. <laughs> I'm full grown, but I'm husky. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh <laughs> listen, I'm husky now. See, I wouldn't be husky if I didn't have this beard. That's a part of that. You need the that beard, child. You need it badly. We've seen yeah. we've seen what is under that child. Don't ever. In the history ever, lose that one. You go twenty nine to sixteen real quick. <laughs> no, nah, but to, to like to your credit, like I do like curvy women. That's something that for me is like an automatic green flag. Like just attraction wise, like I'm like, ooh, okay, <laughs> tickle my fancy. Why don't you? <laughs> right, Kyle. Um, so. I think I, I've told y'all my, my, one of my physical green flags is like to be taller than me. Oh, glasses, glasses is a given. That's, that's a given that, I mean, that's to go without being said, honestly, like, I don't know what my appeal is to glasses. I wish I, I could put a finger on it, but I can't. Um, but also being taller than me, 
and I think I said it to y'all before when uh, when Shay was here because she thought it was the greatest thing ever. But I want to feel small without somebody belittling me. It's true. <laughs> There's another quotable. It is quote 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 all day. Like there is something, and especially like being like, because I am a taller, well-rounded, as you put it. <laughs> you know what I meant. As a tall, well-rounded woman myself. Uh, it's it's hard to sometimes feel dainty or feel like I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but it's like a, because of my stature and because of my build, it's hard for me to feel like soft and demure. So it's like if I have somebody who's bigger than me, I'm like, oh, you know, this is this is good. Like I can, you know, what I'm saying, like I I feel like a lady versus a woman, if you know what I mean. Like it's a, it's a difference to me anyway. To me, it's a difference. Um. So yeah, somebody taller than me, definitely somebody with some glasses on their face. That would be good. And not no fake ones. Like you really need, you got to need them. Like I want you, when you take them off, you like, can you help me find them type? You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if it's just like for me, I like because I like to take care of people that maybe because they can't see, I look at them like, oh, let me help you because like they can't, they can't see. So it's like they need me. Because without them glasses, they, they would. So. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> you, said, you said well-rounded woman, so listen, we're even, okay? Listen, America knew what I meant. <laughs> I, like, I like me a well-rounded woman. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that could be a double entendre, okay? We could talk about the figure, and we could talk about the inner. The figure and the inner. <laughs> Where are we going? Where are we going? Can we come back? <laughs> no, no. But to, but to your point, um, I think another green flag for me is somebody who um, I don't know what the what the overcompassing word would be, but just the idea of like you not having to say something and the person just knows. Yes. <laughs> or or just like does or yes. says so like even if it's like you you see me and like we're hanging out or whatever the case is and you notice like i'm not myself or whatever like what's wrong or like you good like what's up like, I'm never... overthinking about right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah or or if someone's like um I'm, I'm about to go to the store um do you need anything or um like <clears throat> i i saw you were low on or like i saw you were low on paper towels so i just picked up some whatever like something like that where it's like it doesn't take you extra it's you know you're not going out your way to do something but you're making a point of being like yo like i peep these things i'm aware uh, i i know you I'm, I'm i'm aware of you i'm studying you i'm paying attention to my significant other whoever the case is and like i care so Something mm -hmm. along those lines, act of service, whatever you want to call it, um, that's ultimate green flag. That's probably like my biggest green flag. The green, if if there's a green flag over here, like, boom, <laughs> or <laughs> you know, people can't see, right? This isn't a video. Y'all just pick up like I don't know what was that a frisbee? Like what the heck? It, it was a it was a green object. Just know, okay, we, it was we all the way on the green. This is this <laughs> at the top of the green flag list. Lord, but, I, feel you on this, I feel you like and I feel like my dad is real good like that 
and mm-hmm. like with everybody around him and he picks up on stuff like you don't have to you don't have to drop hints about it like he'll just pick up on it and then like just do it you know what i'm saying like but i feel like it may be a quality that you are interested in because it's one that you have because i think about my christmas gift from a few years back when you got me that pillow because when i saw the pillow in, in your apartment and we was like watch the tv or whatever and i was like oh my gosh this is the most comfortable thing in the world and like literally you weren't even around and i'm like oh you got a package downstairs like is that is it jokingly is that my christmas gift and you was like yeah actually it, it, it might be <laughs> so i was broke at the time i couldn't i couldn't get anything in return um but yeah like you got me that pillow and literally i still sleep with that daggone pillow it is the still the most comfortable thing on earth so like you i love when people pick up on stuff like that like I tried to be that way. I don't know. I, in the past, I didn't always have a means to like actually do it, but the thought was there. You know what I'm saying? Like the, it's the thought that count. No, but you know, just saying, it's a good quality to have because some people are not aware, let alone self-aware, but they're not aware of people around them and other people's needs. So I definitely feel you because that is that is it's big. And when somebody, when you get somebody that's like fluent in that, oh, child. It's it's amazing. That's why I like I'm spoiled right now because my daddy is like that. Like, oh, I, I saw that you you needed some gas, so I filled your tank up. What? Like, what? Like, oh, okay. Um, like I love visiting when I go home because he just literally like I don't have to say things like, oh, you you, you your chapstick was low. I saw it in the bathroom where like, I picked you up chapstick. Like, dang, daddy, you just own it. Like, I love that. So of course, like whoever I'm be with, you you got to you got to have that. Because if you don't, I feel like you are constantly having to tell somebody what you want, what you need. And it's like, it almost comes down to like nagging. And who wants to be nagged? No, I agree. I think to your point, I think even if the person, um, you know, does something like that or notices something that maybe doesn't hit like right on the mark where it's like, oh, I thought you need this or I saw you were low on this it's to your point it's the thought that does count sometimes it's like yo like you know i do appreciate because you know eventually i might need that or yeah you were you were thinking of me mm-hmm. so it kind of you know you don't really it's it's a win-win i think when you do yeah. that because i mean if you continually do that then it's like are you really listening are you really paying attention but yeah. <laughs> initially and like here you're not going to be you know you're not going back a thousand you know mm-hmm. you're gonna you know have someone where it's like oh okay um, but the thought of like always looking out or always thinking about that other person also is like that goes a long way because like you might not get it right the first time nobody's perfect but at the same time like you learn you, you learn after each of those times where you're like okay now I really know this person so if they don't really care for this I'm not going to get this again or I'm not right. going to do this. I'm going to just do this because yeah. this is how I responded so to that point but bringing it bringing it home here Reeling it, reeling it in. Um, the last thing we're gonna talk about is the blueprint, and I want you to kind of dive in a little bit more because I know we discussed it right before we hopped on this, um, this this show here, this episode. Um, but I want you to kind of talk about where you saw this at and kind of what spurred this question and where it came from and kind of define the blueprint or the roadmap um, of a relationship or 
you know what I mean. <laughs> I, got, I got you, cuz. I got you. So one of our faithful listeners by the name of Nadine Greenslade, she Shout recently- out to Nadine. Shout out to Nadine. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. That was, that was, yeah. Yep. Gang, gang, gang. Um, so she reached out because she said that she took a whole bunch of notes from the last episode, the second episode, and she can't wait for the live. And I told her like, hey, yeah, we're working on part two. So Nadine said that in this part two, that we should discuss the blueprints of relationships and unpack how to um, get the blueprints on the same page, if that makes sense. And what, how, she, how she worded it was that each person comes into a relationship with their own blueprint of what they think the relationship should be like, how it should be, what they want, non-negotiables, red flags, green flags, yellow flags, all of the above. Um, and the opposite person, well, the other person that they're in a relationship with, they too have their own blueprint, non-negotiables, red flags, green flags, one, two, three, all of the above. So how, when you have two different ideals, two different um, makeups, if you will, of the ideal relationship, how do you get those merged into one building of a blueprint that you can build on and, and grow with? Mm, yes. Okay. okay. Uh, let's, let's just do that first. Okay. <laughs> um, no, so I think when it comes to that i don't i think right off rip i don't think there's a a perfect blueprint for everybody but mm -hmm. i think i think the first thing you have to do is the you have to put your non-negotiables out there so i think anytime you're entering a relationship there has to be that conversation because in some cases you know for example it might be someone entering a relationship and wants to be married, wants to have kids. And the other person might be like, well, I, I don't believe in marriage and I just want to, you know, kind of go with the flow and, you know, I don't want to have kids or whatever the case may be. So I think those are important things because if those are your non-negotiables, that's never going to work. Somebody is going to end up uh, sacrificing something that they maybe believed in. And that's not to say either that, people's feelings and you know their non-negotiables change but if you're entering a relationship and there's already non-negotiables that are you know you have and they are clashing then it's you're not it's not going to work out at least at a starting point because you barely know the person so like if you know their non-negotiable is that and you're against that it's not like you're already starting off where you're you're sacrificing something without even knowing if this is worth sacrificing for mm -hmm. so i think that's the first thing you got to enter in and then if the non-negotiables, you know, they work out, you guys could, you know, there's no clash there. I think it's kind of just being around the person and having those conversations. I think, I do believe you have to really be around somebody. I think having conversations, talking to somebody over text, over the phone is way different than having, I want to say, somebody that's you know you're actually physically around or you're spending time with because i think a lot of times you know there's the the physical touch component and then there's just being around somebody and genuinely seeing them react instead of you know getting a message and then you could take your time responding and you could think about stuff and you could put it out there you're seeing that person 
in real time and how they're responding to stuff and you're around them, how they react to affection and things of that, which I think are all important in any relationship. So I think you have to spend time with that person. You have to, you know, be able to go on dates. You have to be able to do different things. I don't think you could truly build a relationship with somebody or find that blueprint without doing different things. Like, I think, you know, it's one thing you, maybe you hang out and you know, at someone's house or somebody's apartment, whatever the case is, that's cool. But I think it's a lot more than that. Like you got to go out, you got to do stuff like, you know, challenge yourself, like make it interesting. Like you can't just be a, a kickback and chill type thing and expect you to really build a relationship, just chilling with somebody in their house. Like that, I don't think that's how it works. So at least those are like, for me, I know there's a lot more to that blueprint, but starting now, I think God put your non-negotiables out there. And I think you have to actually spend time like physically with the person to really get to know them. I agree. I also think that like, you can't come in with too many emotions. Mm, that's a good one. Like I, you, uh, and it's so easy to do so, especially because like, you know, your past experiences, seeing people around you and their relationships and their trials and tribulations and things like that. But I think like you have to come in almost with a clear blueprint, honestly, because it's like, you don't know, like I could have a certain way that I want a relationship to go based off of my experiences, but I could get with somebody that's completely different than anybody that I've ever dealt with. So no matter like how I think things are going to go, they could go completely differently because it's with a completely different person. So I feel like if you come in with a clean slate, it's to me, it's it, if you, if you have a clean slate and you start to build and you realize you got a weak foundation, you can scrap that blueprint and go on to the next one. But it's like, if you come in and you got the whole plan mapped out, obviously there's going to be places where you got to remove this room and you got to take this out and you got to, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. You got to move something up a floor and move something down the floor. But if you have a clean slate going into something without very, I don't want to say very high expectations because that's, that's my approach to, to getting to know people. I don't really have many high expectations for folk because history is proven. Why should I? So um, I think like, but a clean slate will help. Honestly, that that's, that's my deal because I feel like sometimes if you come in with too much of, this is what I want, this is how I want it, then you find yourself having to compromise on a lot of things that maybe you wouldn't have before or settle on a lot of things that you wouldn't have before or try new things that you don't feel like you should have to try. And it's like ultimately setting up for disappointment in yourself because you're the one who set up all those parameters. And in relationships, you're dealing with a whole other person. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? Like I have this whole thing constructed in my mind of how a relationship goes. And then I just insert a person and there we go. We have it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not writing your own story. It's a story that's already written, but you have to live it out. So it's like, to me anyway, I try not to come in with too many expectations. Like, yes, I have my green flags, my red flags, all of the above, but I'm also very, very full and coherent and aware that the people that I deal with are people. So you have to give them grace to be people. And in the same way that like, I might always be in a good mood. I may have, I may be in a bad mood one day. 
so I can't have a, I can't have a, a, or you know what I'm saying? Whoever I'm with can't already have a preconceived notion that they want somebody that's always in a good mood or somebody that's always cheery. And then they meet me on a day when I haven't been having a good day. And it's like, oh, well, you're not who I thought you were. You get what I'm saying? Like, I know that was like a very like vague description, yeah. but it's, it's that kind of thing where it's like, you have to allow people to be people. We, you know what I'm saying? We as humans, we mess up all the time. I know I do. I can't, I can't, you know, speak for anybody else. We mess up all the time. So we have to hit, we have to give grace to other people to do just that and give grace for allowing people to be themselves. And if it's something that you want to put up with, put up with it. Uh, and if it's not, then we good. Um, no, nah, I agree with everything you said, but I also think that it's such a tricky game when you come to, when it comes to like a blueprint, because I think, you should have a roadmap in the sense of things you should look for, things you like. You should know these things going in. But to your point, you need to be open to experiences and, and someone changing your thoughts on you know certain things and being open to just the idea that you may like something that you don't know you would like. Or you might have not liked something before, but that person may have made, like, the way they presented it or the way it played out, they may have changed your interest in it and i think that's why i think when it comes to non-negotiables i think it has to be something like very very serious where it's like like you can't have like oh like if they're like to your point if, oh like if they're if the person's moody or whatever i think you, it's you can know what you like and i think you can know like you know what you want but i think something like that is unrealistic because everyone has their moods everybody has their funks everybody goes through ups and downs maybe some more than others but that's a different conversation to have but i think when it comes to your non-negotiables it has to be something that you know like deep in your heart like that's absolutely what i want and it's not changed anytime soon and granted i think like a lot for people a lot of non-negotiables is like you know, marriage and kids, like those are the first things that come to my head um, when it comes to non-negotiables. Um, because I think a lot of times if you're getting into a relationship and that person doesn't want kids, like more times than not, you're not going to change that person's mindset on that idea. Like it might, it might change, but you're banking on the idea that if you get involved with somebody and things get serious, that that's going to change. And if someone comes in and is like, no, I don't want to have kids or no, um, I don't want to get married. That's a lot of different conversation than like, oh, like I never really thought about having kids. Um, I figure that's someone that comes with the right person or I haven't thought about marriage because I've been trying to think about building a relationship first. So I think there's one thing that you could work with and then there's another where it's like, all right, if that's something you can't do, then that's what it is. So I think that's where it has to, you have to be careful with like a blueprint because you don't want to put yourself in a box because people challenge you and people could change you and you could be, you could have different thoughts because I have way different thoughts of relationships and what I like and what I pursue and what I'm interested in when I was 22 to when I'm 29 now. So that's the same thing that could happen to you. You could change, you could meet someone, they could change your whole outlook on life. And you might be like, oh, like, bro, like I never used to eat avocados before, but here I am. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. <laughs> When I, when I was saying like, okay, the bad mood one was probably a little too vague, but like, let's just say like to, to bring it kind of home to, for us anyway, to make it like what I was saying is like, say one of your non-negotiables is like, whoever you would has to be super duper driven, right? 
Like mm-hmm. that, that's one, like you need somebody around you cause you want them to match your energy, all the above. And let's just say like, for example, like Lawrence, that type of situation where he, you know, he hit a roadblock and was on the couch. You know what I'm saying? If you get, if, I don't know if that's making any sense to you where it's like, yeah, that person, that driven person is inside of there. But as we all know, life happens. It happens to all of us. And we're not always going to be on our game. So maybe, like I said, a bad mood wasn't the, the right example to use. But like, if life happens to somebody or life hits hard and they can't get off the couch for two years, is that, you know what I'm saying? But as you see, two years later, he's back to being who he was supposed to be. Because again, life happens. So that's why I feel like if you're going to have a blueprint, maybe do it in pencil because things, things change. Like life happens, life changes. And a lot of people feel like, you know, what you see is what you get. And that, like you said, when you were 22, you were different than 29 and you're going to be even different at 39. So it's like, just put, make sure that you, and again, don't, who am I to give out relationship advice? But if I could, Make sure your blueprint is in pencil because that thing gonna change. It might go from a condo to a six bedroom house to a shack real quick. <laughs> just saying. No, I agree. And, and again, we're not we're not any experts. We just had experiences, and we're only speaking from our experiences. So, yeah. At that, here we are. Um, but again, we had to do this part two for y'all because there was so much that occurred, so much that transpired. Um, it's always a great conversation, especially when you dive into the D word. So thank you guys for tuning in here, um, for the part two, um, like your comments, um, drop your comments, follow, subscribe, um, check out the link tree. Make sure you keep pretty Nikki on YouTube. I put some playlists on there. Um, so check out the playlist I orchestrated, curated. Um, but again, thank y'all for tuning in and we'll hear or see from y'all next time. (laughs) Well, what you handled the outro, I've got nothing. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Do you have a question for us? Is something on your heart? Do you got something that you want us to share on the podcast? Go ahead and drop an email at changingphases1 at gmail.com and we'll make sure that we include it in our next episode. Until then, we'll see you later.